Is there anything on the board that you do currently like or anything that you'd recommend people keeping an eye on based on the approach you just outlined for this Sunday? Yeah, so one game that I saw a lot of value on and that is still available at a playable number is I laid four on Tampa for the first half. Four and a half is the current market. That's fine, in my opinion. Get up to minus six. And the reason for that is we got to see the look at a line on this game. It was Tampa minus 15. That was assuming that Tampa would have motivation to win this game. Now, what happened last week with the Packers clinching home field, that changed Tampa's motivation a little bit where, yeah, they could get the two seed. They might be the three. They're probably not going to be full out trying to win, but Bruce Arians said they're going to play their starters. Now, the market's not fully believing that he's going to play the starters for the entire game, or else this line would be in the 14-15 range, like the look-ahead was saying. The market's also not saying that they're going to sit everybody because then the line would probably be Tampa minus one in, in that range. So under normal circumstances with Tampa playing their starters for, for the full game, you would see a first-half line around seven in this game. And we're obviously getting four, four and a half because of that discount because the full game line is minus eight. So typically a book will cut it in half or at least in the general area of half of it. And that's what they did on this opener. And it's still four and a half at the moment. And I don't understand it, to be honest, because it seems very, very, very likely that Tampa is at least going to have their starters in for the first half. Now, could you get burned? And Tampa decides after a drive or two, you know what, we were BSing. We're really not going to play our starters the whole first half. Yeah, you could. But I'll tell you, from the reports that I'm seeing, it it sounds pretty damn probable that we're at least going to get Tampa starters for the first half. So if that's the case, you're getting tremendous value, I think, on, on Tampa minus four and a half for the first half. So that's really one of the only plays that the line hasn't moved a ton over the last two days. And I still can recommend as a, as a pretty strong play that, that I bet a decent amount of money on. And for the record, because some of these lines can move in a big way in a hurry, we're recording this Wednesday evening, a little after 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. So hopefully at least for some listeners catching this early, that will still be available. I know one bet that you liked earlier in the week that's no longer available, the Vikings. You got down at two and a half. Even on the dream preview this week, you could still endorse them at three and a half. Now that line's all the way up to five and a half. So what do you make of that whole situation since it sounds like the market's starting to account for the fact that Zimmer likely going to give his starters a full go? Yeah, it kind of goes back to what I said, that this is a tough week to give stuff out because I even gave that game out to my clients at minus two and a half. And the board was about 50, 50 shaded at the moment, at that moment from two and a half minus minus one twenty to three, even money around that. And I gave it out after Zimmer had his press conference saying that he was going to play the starters. And the line went up to pretty much flat threes within 10 minutes, goes up to three and a half, 20 minutes later. And now you see with Justin Fields on the COVID list and also more followers are betting Minnesota 
after that news from Zimmer, it's all the way up to five and a half. And, you know, it, it's still a game that I would lean towards Minnesota because these teams just played a few weeks ago. And Minnesota was laying seven in Chicago. Like, yes, Chicago had COVID concerns for that game, but it was four before the COVID concerns. So now you have a venue change and nothing's really changed with these teams power rating wise. But even you look two weeks ago, Chicago was getting seven in Seattle. And I mean, I have Minnesota, a better power rated team than Seattle, or at least very similar. And I don't think many people are going to dispute that. And, And we're still seeing a line that is less than that at five and a half, just because of the logic, oh, Minnesota's out of it. Well, guess what? Chicago's been out of it for weeks, and they've been they've won the last two games. So I don't think that Minnesota's going to take this game lightly, and I, I still think that they have a little bit of value, although, like you said, it's it really a lot of the value has evaporated over the last day or two on that one. At five and a half, would you, if you hadn't already gotten down, would you consider playing this even for a reduced amount? Or is there a, a point at which you say, hey, this is the price ceiling and just going to let that be what it is? I'm probably, I'm closer to six, six, six and a half. So at five and a half, you're, you're really getting to the point where I would probably just consider it a strong lean at this point in, instead. It, it's one of those that, you know, you had the whole week you had a window, even after that Zimmer news where he said we're playing starters, you had a window where maybe the two and a halves didn't last super long, but the threes were there and the three and a halves were there for a long time. So it's one of those that if, if you miss the boat, the, the information is pretty much accounted for in the market where I, I'd, I wouldn't be looking to play Chicago and it probably it would still be a lean towards Minnesota, but I probably would not have bet that at five and a half if I didn't already have a wager. A lot of bettors considering laying the five and a half with the Vikings may also want to consider passing if they are one of the many who took the Vikings over their team total before the season kicked off. Those who got down early, I know that includes you, were able to take the Vikings over eight. So I know aside from a bet on the point spread in this game, just hoping for an outright win for Minnesota to push on that wager and it sounds like independent of the two and a half points that you laid, just seeing Minnesota come through on the money line may bode well for your future children's college tuition, according to some tweets you sent out this past summer. Yeah, I mean, the eight was a number that was not out there long. It was it was basically the DraftKings opener, which was a number that just it wasn't out there long. I believe it was out there for like a day or two. And the Vikings, as you know, were a team that I was targeting from the offseason as a team that I thought was going to have a pretty good year. And I I was able to jump on that and and get a decent amount down at that opener. But I know a lot of people are laying eight and a half. And, you know, I mean, the eight and a half was a good bet compared to the closing line, obviously, because that line got up to nine and a half at some points during the offseason. So... It's a shame that the eight and a halves are dead right now. It's a shame that they're fighting for their life to win eight games because it was a team that you're going to look at their Pythagorean wins in the offseason and you're going to say, wow, this team really did underachieve compared to how many of these games they were so close in. I believe that they were 
up seven points or more at one point in the game in something like 13 of 16 of their games. And that's really indicative of a team that probably should have won 10, 11 games. But it didn't happen this year. But as you said, it's going to – it will be a big rooting day for me uh, on the Vikings' money line this week as well as the two and a half. Absolutely. And one other game I'm curious to get your take on in terms of a potential rooting interest could be the marquee game on the Week 18 slate, Sunday Night Football, the Chargers at the Raiders. When we spoke on Last Word Cheetah approaching Week 9, you mentioned being high on the Chargers and low on the Raiders at the time. I know a couple months have passed, but do you have any thoughts on this head-to-head matchup with the Chargers currently laying three and a total of 49 and a half? Yeah, I bet the Chargers at two and a half, lay 120, and I still like it at three, but I think that you, I I can't see it getting much higher. So I I do think that you might be best off to maybe wait and see if you could get some two and a halfs, especially if you have access to some Vegas bucks. I could definitely see with this essentially, essentially being the Raiders' first playoff game in as, as, far as them being the Vegas Raiders, I think that you could see some money in Vegas come on the Raiders and maybe you do see that two and a half pop up again. But it's a game where I do like the Chargers. And I I will say that when when you get to the point in the playoffs or this late in the year, it's harder and harder to say you're getting tremendous line value. Like I, I make the game Chargers minus three and a half. So it's not something like, oh, this game is a point and a half, two points off, which you can find maybe a little earlier in the season. But I think that when you get this late in the year that you really have to start breaking down the matchups because, you're, as I said, you're not going to get the same type of line value that you got earlier in the year. And I think that this is just a Chargers team that matches up well with the Raiders. You, you saw them pretty much handedly beat them earlier this season on Monday Night Football. And the Raiders have regressed since that point. Yeah. And they're really a team that, you know, I said I, that I was down on them the last time we talked, and they haven't done much to disprove that. Yes, they've been winning, but they have really taken advantage of some good situations as far as Corona with the Browns, who were six-point favorites in Cleveland. The Browns end up closing a dog in that game because of Corona. The Colts with the Carson Wentz situation last week. This is still a Raiders team that hasn't scored more than 20 points in seven of the last nine games. And they're averaging 17 points per game since their bye week. It's just, to me, it's a team that is not very talented. And I believe that they've overachieved. And when I break down the defenses, I, I like the Chargers guys, their personnel on defense more than I like the Raiders guys. I like the Chargers playmakers more. I like the Chargers offensive line more. I like the Chargers quarterback more. I like the Chargers coaching staff more than an interim head coach situation with the Raiders. I think that this is finally the game that maybe it all catches up to the Raiders. And I think that the Chargers, even at minus three, are probably worth a bet in this game. Music to my ears as a Chargers fan. A lot of sharp guys I respect got in on the Raiders once this line approached three. But I might steal your talking point about the way the Raiders have been the beneficiaries of some 
lucky COVID situations in recent weeks because the Chargers, as of yesterday, their beat writer for The Athletic, Daniel Popper, tweeting out that the Chargers were down to zero players on the COVID list, so that might swing back against the Raiders in a big way on Sunday night. Yeah, exactly. I mean, eventually eventually the, the clock's got to strike midnight on Cinderella, you know, and kind of feels like the Raiders have been that way and very fortunate the last few weeks. So I'm hoping that this is the week that it really catches up to them. Yeah, same here as a fan, and perhaps I'll get involved in that one as a better as well. And you mentioned, you know, a, a bit of a Cinderella angle there. And I think that's a decent transition to probably the the one meaningful bet that I've made so far this week. The Dolphins, I know it'll feel like a Cinderella story if they can compete much with the Patriots to a lot of betters after seeing a 50 to 10 win for New England over the Jags last week, coupled with a 34 to 3 loss by the Dolphins. But with this number currently at six and a half, I feel like we're basically getting the Patriots price at their best and the Dolphins price at their worst. And a big talking point, again, week 18, all about motivation, the Dolphins off of the proverbial dream crushing loss last week. But I think there might be a bit of a free roll here on the Patriots side of things. I know Belichick is a grinder, tends not to let up on his players. So uh, a small chance, but a non-zero chance, nevertheless, I mean, the Patriots need Buffalo to lose to the Jets in order to have a shot at the AFC East. And the Bills are favored by a million right now. So if that game's approaching halftime and the Bills have a three-possession lead, I think there's a path to New England possibly letting up down the stretch, knowing they've probably got a road game coming up again next week. So do you see any value at the current spread, uh, Miami catching six and a half? Or what do you make of that game between the Patriots and the Dolphins? Yeah, I, I, I like Miami. In that game, I didn't personally bet it yet. Um, I'm still considering it, but I, I think Miami's a side to look at. And I want to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Clev TA on Twitter, really good follow for everybody. He posted that since 1990, teams are out of playoff contention are 94, 56, and four against the spread in the last two weeks of the year versus teams that must win to keep their playoff hopes alive. Now, the Patriots aren't in a must-win situation for their playoff lives, but obviously the same um, handicap applies. To, it's a big game for the Patriots to win the division, and it's really being priced into the market because the look-ahead line on this was two and a half, and now you're you're getting this many premium of the points because Miami really just had their dream crusher last week. But at the same time, these are professional athletes. Like I don't think Miami's gonna just give up and, and it's a big, it's the game against a division rival. It's Flores versus Belichick. They want to win the game also. And a lot, the reason that that trend that Clev posted is so strong is because these teams, the, the market just accounts for the motivation. They overly account for the motivation. It gives you value on the other side. And I feel that, that that's the same way with uh, Miami this week, that you have this extra value that's built that's in the line because of it being a must win spot or a big game for the Patriots. But that would indicate that Miami's just going to lay down. I can't see it happening. So yeah, I agree. I think there there's value on Miami and it might end up making my card this week. Love it. Yeah. I know it touched seven at a few spots earlier in the week and maybe it gets back there once the public gets more involved later in the week. So maybe some asymmetric risk if you haven't bet the dolphins yet waiting to see if it touches seven again 
And if you haven't, gun to my head, if this is six and a half at post, wouldn't have any issue with that either. And at this point, I'd like to get into a few games. We can maybe go a bit more rapid fire, just some leans that I'd love to balance off of you. Uh, three games uh, I'm thinking of, the first of which would be Baltimore laying five to the Steelers. I know that looks like a big number, but I can't get out of my head as much as I try to avoid going down the narrative rabbit hole, how this game for Big Ben and the Steelers might be like that NFC Championship game in 2017 for the Vikings and Case Keenum after the Minneapolis Miracle, where he basically had such a high to come down from. And Keenum talked about during his media avails that week, he wasn't even really getting much sleep. This is a short week for Pittsburgh going on the road after just a huge party to send Ben off of, you know, Heinz Field on a high note in his last home game. And as much as I try to dismiss narrative, I just feel like that might be a factor here. You may well say it's already priced in when we see the Ravens playing five here. So I guess the bigger question, what do you make this line with or without Lamar, knowing his status currently a bit up in the air? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty confident. I, I'd make a major bet right now that Lamar is not going to play in this game. It really makes no logical sense for them to play him. He's a guy that relies on his mobility, and the playoff chances for Baltimore are so slim that he's probably not going to play. So uh, I really don't have much of an opinion on the game, to be honest with you. I do get what you're saying with Big Ben and them coming down from this high that they're on. But, you know, in their mind, theoretically, they probably believe that they have a chance at the playoffs. I mean, they do have a chance if, if the Colts lose and the Steelers win, then they're, they're in. So I think that it, it might be hard to see the letdown with them. And especially because it's Baltimore as well. If it was against a team that they don't have such a, a fierce rivalry with it would be one thing but there's there's one thing and I, I'm not a big trends guy that looks to go back at years worth of data where it's not relevant where it's different players and all that but it does seemingly feel like every game in this series is a close game between these two teams and with Baltimore being so injured right now as well uh, I probably honestly gun the head leaned towards the Steelers, but it's probably going to be something that I'm not going to get involved with this week. Yeah, I'm glad we're having this conversation now because I, I knew I was really uh, giving their narrative a lot of weight in my mind. That tends to be a red flag for me. So that makes this uh, a lean my way for Baltimore still, but a pretty clear pass. And the next one I'd like to run by you the Niners catching four and a half points at the Rams. This just Seems to be a style clash in the Shanahan-McVay era. The Rams are built to take advantage of most teams in the league, you know, with the spread, you know, finesse kind of game. The Niners get a lot more physical, and it seems like that's given them the upper hand in this matchup over the years, even though power ratings might justify this number on the Rams at home. Any thoughts on the Niners catching four and a half points at the Rams on Sunday? Yeah, you know, I kind of would have liked the Niners if Jimmy G was starting in this game, but it does feel like it's very unlikely that Jimmy G plays and Trey Lance. He's so raw right now. And we are really just, it, there's a lot of variance in it with how he's going to play. And does Shanahan even believe that he's ready to play at this moment? I don't know. So it, it leaves a lot of variance. I get the side that people are going to point to saying that, 
the Niners match up very well against the Rams. They've won five straight games against them. They've held the Rams to 20 or less points, I believe, in four of the five games that they've played against them. So I do understand that that maybe it's there, it's just fundamentally, stylistically, a bad matchup for the Rams. But it really comes down to, for me, what, what's going to probably end up making it a pass is that I, I don't know right now what to expect from Trey Lance. So it, it, it probably ends up being a pass for me. Good point on the quarterback uncertainty and the added variance that Trey Lance would introduce. If and when Jimmy G is officially ruled out, do you think we see this line bump? I mean, I've seen time and time, time after time this season, it seems like we're already 95% sure somebody's in or out. And then the official word comes in, which is an afterthought to me. And we see a lot of market activity. So if Jimmy G is ruled out, how high do you think this line might get for the Niners? Yeah, I I don't think it's going to go much further up more because this line did get down to three and a half. And then a lot of people started reporting that Jimmy G was unlikely and we did get, and we sort of tick up to four and a half, five. And also what happened was uh, the Niners had some Corona issues with their secondary. So those two issues kind of bumped it up already. So I do think that if we, the market is kind of already expecting in my opinion, that Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback. So I, I think that, when Jimmy G is likely ruled out, which I think is pretty likely, that we're more likely to, that the line's not going to move as much. Now, if Jimmy G's ruled in, maybe you probably see Niners money, but I think that it's going to not move that much if Jimmy G does get ruled out. Got it. Well, one more game to get into just from a lean that I'm looking at, staying in the NFC. The Saints at the Falcons, I know we had the Falcons listed at plus four and a half earlier in the week. Maybe I was greedy. I was hoping we might see a six with the must-win premium getting applied to the Saints. Now we're looking at three and a half as we record this. Do you think the line ticks back up as more of the public betting marketplace, you know, sees that must-win angle for the Saints? And is there a price at which you might consider getting involved on the Falcons in this one? Yeah, you know, I thought that this line could make its way up to six and a very sharp handicapper gave this game out who, who has market influence and that drove it down to three and a half. And I, I rarely, I rarely ever disagree with this guy as far as the bets he's making and the timing of his bets. But I thought that the timing of the bet wasn't what I would have done because I think that the, the NFL is a league that the public can influence lines. And I did feel like this was a line that when the public does begin betting, on Sunday and they see the fact that it's a must win game for the saints that they money was going to pour in on the saints. So uh, I'm looking towards the Falcons, but I'm going to wait. I might wait all the way until game time and I'm going to see if maybe some sixes show up, which I, I, I would not rule out at the moment, but if they do show up, then um, there's going to be a strong consideration for me to back the Falcons. But at this point, I just think that if you like it, if you like the Saints, I'd probably bet it now. And if you like Atlanta, I would just, I would wait on this one until the day of the game where we might see the line tick up. 